Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again to do another episode of the Nolcast. Uh, just to let our listeners know, the, the intro music has not gone away. It was not a, a one thing, uh, one show wonder. We, uh, we're we working it back in, and it will uh, it will be appearing with routine uh, here regularly. It just won't be on tonight's show. Uh, so, Bud, it's been a while since we've done one of these. ton of things to catch up on. Uh, we'll always tip our hat in the direction of New Iberia, Louisiana, Louisiana hot sauce, three simple ingredients, one fantastic product. I uh, went and had a little fried chicken recently, and Louisiana hot sauce was that which was on the table throughout the uh, establishment. Chicken was fantastic, and obviously they knew what they were doing when it came to a choice of hot sauce. So thank you to them as always, and uh, let's jump into it. Boom. Uh, I want to start out by saying happy Martin Luther King Day to you, uh, and uh, happy for what he did for this country. Also happy that uh, Florida State today did not see fit to uh, put him in Nike receiver gloves or a Nike suit or have him uh, like doing the Hitler uh, salute or any of those other things. And uh, instead, they went with a little bit safer tactic of uh, tweeting out just undoctored uh, photos uh, showcasing his quotes. So about this time last year, we were like, uh, what in the Hell Ooh, that for a department like, oh. that ranked for a department that racked up some real WTF moments. Uh, I don't even know what's. I mean, that was beyond the pale. Uh, putting wide receiver gloves on Martin Luther King. Let's uh, let's hope that that is in fact the bottom. <laughs> Poorly done too. Like like it wasn't even a good oh, Photoshop. Right. It was yeah. it was poor. It was poor enough to where we were speculating like, wait, maybe the guy who did this was like an intern who had, who was there working because it is a state holiday and maybe like the regular guys out there. But but nope. Uh, yeah, so it's good they made some changes <laughs> in that department. Uh, I was laughing because somebody was on Twitter was like, well, I wonder what school will screw up MLK Day. day. And I was like, I, guys, I don't think this is going to be a thing that's going to be annually topped, right? Like that's probably going to have the top spot for, for most likely a long time. I mean, maybe, maybe Liberty will throw out something. Uh, I don't know, but like overall, that's, that's probably going to yeah. hold. Ooh. Hope that nobody else tops that anytime soon. Uh, All right, so uh, you've been out at the uh, coaches' convention, correct? I know that's uh, we've both been off going in different directions, but a lot of the things that we'll be able to uh, bring our listening audience a little bit of a different slant on things, uh, just from what you and I have gathered over the past ten days or so. But a lot of it will be based around the uh, coaches' convention that you recently attended. Yeah, and, and and shortly before that, I was able to to go on over. Uh, to Daytona Beach with the uh, Florida High School uh, Association coaches uh, meeting, and uh, Coach Norvell was one of the, the key speakers there and spoke to a room of about, I don't know, 40 or 50 uh, high school. Uh, I think most of them were, were, were head coaches. Some of them were, were assistant coaches, I think. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, he's not a guy who's noted for his recruiting in the state of Florida, and uh, what would his message be? to the high school coaches of, of this state. And I thought that was, that was interesting. So I made the drive from my house in Orlando over there, just, just about an hour. Um, and a couple things really kind of stood out. First, uh, I'll say that, uh, that Mike was loud and I'm talking like passionately loud TV evangelist preacher loud, uh, almost to the point where I was like, Ooh, I wish he would, tone it down a little bit and then amp it up when he wanted to really make a point. But he was fired up at every single point he was making to where you really had to listen hard to make sure. Cause it seemed like every single thing he was saying 
was really important to him, you know, and, and I think that probably just part of that was just how fired up he is to have this job. Uh, but overall, I thought he did an effective job of speaking. He certainly did not lack for passion, right? <laughs> Nobody was like, oh, I wonder if that guy's excited to be here. No, I mean, they were, <laughs> they were very, uh, very excited um, to have him there. Uh, he told a story about a guy named Don Struby. I think I, I think I wrote that down correctly. Uh, but uh, he said you know, when he was a, a receiver at Central Arkansas University, this gentleman would come and stand on the sidelines at practice occasionally, and, and he wondered, who, who is that? And he said, we, we didn't have a whole lot of scouts rolling through Central Arkansas University, <laughs> believe it or not. And uh, so he took, and uh, he walked over and introduced himself, said, hey, I'm Mike Norvell, and shook the guy's hand, and the guy said, I'm, I'm Don Struby. I'm the coach at uh, whatever school that was there whatever high school it was in Arkansas. And so Norvell said he just he thanked him for coming out and appreciated somebody would want to watch Central Arkansas practice. And uh happened again the following year, and he remembered him, and he shook his hand uh, the next year as well, and they, they kind of struck up a friendship. And I believe he – I think he became an assistant for him for a little bit. And then uh, when one of Don Struby's friends, Gus Malzahn, uh, said, hey – do you know anybody who would want to be a GA, a graduate assistant for me? And I'm looking for somebody who's young and hungry and passionate. And uh, Don Struby said, yeah, <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, his name's Mike Norvell. And Norvell explained that's how he got his start in coaching and, and kind of used it as a, as a vehicle to thank high school coaches for what they do, which I thought made a lot of sense to do in that format since you're talking to uh, to high school coaches. But still, it, it was a believable uh Good story from him and, and kind of a cool story about, about his roots there. Uh, he talked a lot about how football saved him. I mean, a whole lot, right? I mean, basically, hey, like, he's like, you know, you noticed that the, one of the first guys I thanked when I did my Florida State speech when I took the job was my Pop Warner coach. And he's like, you know, my, my mom had me when she was very young. Uh, I, I don't want to say how young it was, but it was, like, extremely young because um, I, I, I didn't write it down. But uh, he said, you know, I, I had – um, you know, a lot of guys and, and the, the, this, this Pop Warner coach was really, you know, my, my true, my true, uh, like male role model in my life. And I, I, I stayed over at his house with his family and, uh, you know, he said, I, I really appreciate what you guys do as coaches. And so I, I think that was, it was important for him to tell them as well. And, and he's, he's all about, you know, the coaching fraternity, uh, but have you seen this thing, what they're putting on a lot of their tweets, that the Florida State coaches, this hashtag climb? Yeah, I've seen that as almost in uh, <clears throat> in pretty much everything that he puts on social media. Um, coaches tend to have things like this and uh, build up acronyms and other things, but uh, curious as to further information that you have behind it. Yeah, I, I don't know in, if I'm – breaking any news here or not. Maybe this has been explained elsewhere. I don't think it has, but um, this was this was the message that he wanted the high school coaches to know. And then after this, we're going to move on and, and uh, we'll talk recruiting and other stuff. But he said, climb. That's, that's what we live by. Commitment, little things, intensity, mental toughness, and brotherhood. Right? So he said, under commitment, I define that as structure, standards, accountability having a purpose behind every action and, and being able to explain that to the kids if they want to know. So they don't think that you're asking them to do anything that's pointless, right? They, you want to be able to show them the big picture as to why we do things in this program, he said. He said, and as far as standards, 
I'm starting right now, we're going to have Seminole Scholars patch. If you have a 3.0 GPA, we're going to let you show that off on your uniform, right? That, that means you're, you're, you're doing some stuff. You're on the football field today, but you're doing some work in the classroom uh, on you know every other day, uh, which I thought was, was kind of nice. That should uh, satiate some people's burning needs for any kind of uniform updates. I understand that. That'll be that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I know that uh, in the past, didn't we give tomahawks for academics? I think uh, back in the day at one point, uh, if not currently. So uh, there's certainly been some kind of academic recognition, but I don't know that Florida State's ever put anything on a jersey before. I, I think it's pretty cool. Um there's also some other stuff about clothing and attire, which uh, I know had some people fired up on social media after one of his Memphis players at the, not the Senior Bowl, I think it was the East-West Shrine Bowl or whatever that bowl was in Tampa, with like one of like the post-collegiate all-star games that those kids play in, like the Senior Bowl. Uh, and, he, and one of his former players from Memphis was talking about how you had to wear certain things inside the building and certain things you couldn't wear. And Norvell came out and just very clearly explained this. He said, look, um, I do not allow hats hoodies, earbuds, headphones, that kind of thing, or earrings in my building. And I want you to be clean cut as well. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean you can't have a beard. That doesn't mean you can't have dreadlocks. But if it's a beard, I want it to be trimmed up and looking like something. If you have dreadlocks, I want them looking like something, even if they're long. Okay? And he said, look, I'm a firm believer that if you get up and you make sure that you are presenting yourself in a first-class manner every day, Right? Like you get up, you shave, you get up, you do whatever it is to, to make sure that you look sharp. He said, you're going to conduct yourself in a first class manner throughout the rest of the day. And I don't know if that's true or not. It probably doesn't hurt. Uh, but he said it was interesting because I, I met with the team and I explained that to him. And it was funny. The next day, a couple guys came back looking a little bit better, looking a little more put together. So it, all, it already seemed to be, to be working on them a little bit. Um, and he said, look, the thing with, with the stuff I don't want you wearing, the, the hoodies and the hats and the earbuds and the earrings, it's two things. I want you to communicate and talk and get to know with your teammates and other people in the building. It's hard to do that if you're wearing earbuds and <laughs> wearing, wearing hoodies. And I totally agree with him, okay? Like as somebody who has to talk to recruits for a living at times, I hate when I'm interviewing a kid and he's got both AirPods in. I'm like, are you actually paying attention to what I'm saying? So sometimes you'll just say some gibberish to him to see. And if the kid's like, yep, uh-huh. I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm going to move on here because you're ignoring me. Um, the same thing with hoodies. I wear a hoodie at these camps, but I don't want parents to come up and talk to me because I'm trying to do my job and they're all trying to bug you. Hoodies are a sign, don't talk to me, right? Earbuds are kind of the same. I, I like not allowing that in the building. Hats, kind of whatever to me. Um, I don't think hats say, don't talk to me, right? Um but maybe that's just kind of a respect thing indoors. I know some people believe in that. Uh, now, he does let you wear headphones before ball games. Obviously, like in the locker room to get get like hyped up, that's pretty normal. I don't want people to think that he doesn't allow him to do that. The, the earrings thing, I think, is interesting. Because I, I, don't, I don't know about the earrings thing. He said this. He said, I want to give you every opportunity for you to show me and for you to show your teammates that it's not about you, that it's about everybody else, that you're willing to sacrifice and put everybody else first and put this team first and to to kind of kind of stomp out that individualism that you have when you become part of the team. 
which I thought was interesting. It also makes you wonder if he's going to allow Scary Terry to use the mask uh, after touchdowns. Probably not, I would think, if that's the policy. Uh, but I guess we'll see. Um, I, what do you think about the earrings thing? Because everybody, else, everything else made sense to me, and then I was like, I yeah, know, I, I don't some kids know that I like would. That. I would go for all of these, uh, but I've, you know, nobody's called me and asked me to coach at Florida State either. Uh, it's all about collective buy-in. It's all about trying to get people to put the the individual in front of the, uh, or excuse me, the group in front of the individual, and uh, to realize that you're working and hopefully contributing towards you know something that is greater than yourself. Uh, the earrings will be a little bit of a, a toughie, in my opinion. Uh, I'm certainly not of the age of recruits anymore, but you don't have to, you don't have to be 18 to realize that earrings are pretty popular, uh, with kids. And a lot of these recruits have them, uh, at early ages. So, you know, uh, we're not going to sit here and spend 10 minutes breaking this stuff down. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the type of buy-in he gets and some of this stuff, maybe even push a little bit further than you would normally just to really try to get, 80 kids uh, to clearly buy in who otherwise maybe haven't previously and to get a clear indication as to kind of who's who's in your ship and who's ready to go and who who maybe isn't. You know who's going to absolutely love this rule? Uh, rich white people who give money to football programs. Absolutely. Like class of 75? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. They're, they're, they're going to lose it this summer on the booster tour when he tells them not to allow earrings in the building. <laughs> those of you who are back for your 45th anniversary yeah or your 45th year reunion that, that will be uh you're absolutely right full buy-in there everybody on board so uh yeah that's funny that'll see see how that works and look man let's let's not get it twisted this is not we're not going to look out there and get confused as to whether or not this is florida state or a military academy or something like that you, you don't have to spend too much time watching memphis to realize that there's a a lot of people that are having a whole lot of fun playing ball out there. It's not. They were literally not swag some, surfing on their yeah, sideline. Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's that, not. Right? Uh, General Patton's not walking around out there. Uh, okay. <laughs> so let's not let's not make more of it than it is. But it is an interesting level as to what you're asking kids to buy in. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, it may be something that you do initially. Uh, although it does seem like he stuck with it at Memphis. But uh, it, it's a way to weed some kids out for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh on to the little, the L, the little things. Attention to detail is really big with with uh, with, with Coach Norvell. He's he's preached that. I think he does live that. Uh, he wants you there five minutes early, uh, and he wants every drill to to involve little things too. Thinking about everything, right? Making every drill be a strain. Promoting critical thinking. Doing stuff like hey, like he, the example he gave. He said we're not going to run the L drill, and just run the L drill. We're going to run the L drill, and I'm going to throw you a tennis ball at certain portions of of the drill just to make you think critically and and, and, and to make you think and have actual football-related moves here as opposed to just physically-related moves. Um, that's that's my goal there on that. Intensity. He said, I, I want everything everything about, about competing, passion, and maximizing opportunity with, with no wasted reps. That seems pretty straightforward. And, and there were more to this, too. Like, he had long slides on every single one of these words and even some sub slides like this dude is very detail oriented I'm, I'm telling you like he didn't wing this at all like he got up there and it was like clicker 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 uh mental toughness uh he wants mental toughness through adversity but also through success he thinks it's tougher to maintain mental toughness through success 
Um, and he wants you to become comfortable uh, being uncomfortable. That's a big Odell saying, right? Like nobody ever pays you to be comfortable. Uh, embrace the process, which every single coach I've ever met says. And uh, create adversity uh, in, in order to, to make you comfortable through adversity, which I thought was, uh, and obviously that fits here. Nothing nothing groundbreaking about that necessarily, other than like he wants make, to make sure his kids handle success just as well as they handle the failure. Um, and then brotherhood. This is kind of a unique one here. Um, talked a lot about servant leadership and really just trying to trying to preach, hey, like this is, you got to be bigger than the whole. Uh if I may here, I, I think this actually might really work um, for this reason. I, I, I'm around kids from all states. And and I don't know that any state has more me, me, me kids than Florida. Right? I don't think any state talks more trash at like the 7-on-7 seven seven events and just, you know, immediately goes to find the camera and makes it about the individual than your Florida kids. If you can find a way to get Florida kids to care about each other and about their teammates, that's going to produce value and wins on the field. As long as you get talented enough kids, right? I mean, that's clearly important, but I think that really matters. Uh, Norvell said it's really important for him that everybody on the roster feels valued. And he said, he gave a story. He said, the first place I go, as soon as I get in the building during the season, is the training room. And he goes, and I hit him with a good, big, good morning, guys. And he goes, the reason I do that is because I want to let them know they're valued and I want them to have purpose working towards their goal of getting back to helping our football team. And I want to let them know that if they rehab hard that day with great intensity and purpose, that they are actually helping our football team that day, even if they're not back on the field yet. I thought that was interesting. You know, he said, because that, that's, that's a dark place. Nobody wants to be in the training room, or at least you shouldn't want to be in the training room. Um, he talked about how knowledge is talent, and knowledge of one another is also talent, so really getting to know each other, that kind of ties back into the whole, like, don't wear AirPods and, and, and uh, hoodies all the time type thing. Uh, this was kind of cool. Uh, he made everybody turn in a picture of the person who is their greater their greater reason for doing what they do. So like their motivation, whether it's your mom or your dad or high school coach or, or brother or whomever. And he's blowing it up and he's covering the back of their locker with it. So every day when they go to their locker, that's what they're going to see to remind them that there's, there's a bigger purpose for them. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, he has family nights on Sundays. And he requires them to do a certain amount of community service that is not in front of the cameras. He said if, it's, if the media is there, it doesn't count. So he really wants them to kind of just take care of the little things, the little business, even when nobody's looking. That's That was basically his message to the high school coaches. And he said that the quote I put in our meeting rooms are, are, are your habits today on par with your dreams of the future? Look, man, I mean, he, he has it together. He's... Uh... He knows what he's doing in situations and settings like this. Now, you know, maybe the volume and the inflection thing is something that uh, he, that so he kind of picks up over time. But as far as the information and the layout, he, Norvell knows what he's doing. He knows how to uh, present both what he's doing and where he's trying to go. Uh, so I, I'm not dismissing this. It's interesting. I see certainly saw the hashtag climb and a lot of the stuff on social media. It's great to get a further breakdown 
uh, as to where some of this stuff stems from. Uh, I'm not dismissing it, but a lot of this is going to boil down to, are you successful? Do you win? Well, then all this stuff's going to be brilliant, and it's going to make sense, and it's going to be incredible as to where he picked up a locker room and where he took them. Uh, if not, well, then he's kind of caught up in a lot of, you know, cliches and gimmicks and stuff like that and stuff that uh, you're either real successful with or you're not. So um, I like it. It's great that Norvell's is kind of focused as to where he's trying to go. Uh, and he knows exactly how, in his opinion, he's going to get there. Uh, and glad you were able to give us a breakdown as to kind of what the whole process looks like in his mind. Absolutely. Yeah, he's. He's really focused. I, I will. T- that he he has a plan. We'll we'll see if he gets the players and how much time he gets, you know, from the school. But uh, but yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind that, that he is he's very focused on it. We'll uh, take some time right now to focus on our friends at Madison Social and for the Table Restaurant Group. Um, <clears throat> man, no greater partner for us for all the different things that they do. Um, and they're great when it comes to catering and other things that we've talked about. They also just do awesome stuff, cool things outside the box. Uh, I don't know if you saw on social media uh, yesterday, but outside of Madso was the world's largest mimosa. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool, creative, and people that we're fortunate to be able to work with. Uh, have something I want to go ahead and plant in the back of your mind. As a Nolcast listener, we're going to do a uh, spring game meetup. And you go, oh, spring game meetup, of course. You guys have done that the past two years. Yes, spring game meetup, spelled M-E-A-T, up. Uh, We're going to have further information for you, but there will be some Reuben sandwiches floating around, and uh, it's going to be a very good time. The the 17th of each month is the Reuben sandwich, but for April, for the spring game, they'll be doing it the 17th and 18th uh, to give our audience and their audience a little bit more time uh, to be able to enjoy that which is the Reuben sandwich. So thank you again to our friends at For the Table Restaurant Group and uh, look forward to seeing as many of you in April as possible. So mention the spring game. Look forward to seeing as many of you there and also want to uh, remind you of the Tallahassee Wine Mixer. Uh, this is unlimited wine sampling, uh, red, white, sparkling, uh, draft. You want to go to TallahasseeWineMixer.com. Again, TallahasseeWineMixer.com. Uh, VIP gets access to uh, unlimited charcuterie tent and gets in an hour earlier. So uh, look at the options there. If you have any questions, reach out to them or us. But the TallahasseeWineMixer.com is the website to which you'd want to look. Dude, that sounds uh, pretty awesome. And if I'm going to go to that, I'm going to get VIP because I'm going to get unlimited charcuterie. That's, that's awesome. All right. Uh, back to ball. Let's talk a little recruiting. Um, not going to lie. Uh, not a lot of these players that Florida State's on to, to close out the 2020 cycle are really being talked about in the national circles too much. Uh, as always, you kind of want to, like, this late in the cycle, you kind of want to see who else is recruiting the guys who you're recruiting. And, uh, I mean, to be real here, it's a lot of, uh, like, Ole Miss, Arkansas, like the worst teams in the SEC, mid-level ACC schools, that kind of stuff. So just keep that in mind. The, the chances are, not a guarantee, but the chances are, the odds say, that the guys you're signing to finish out this class are not going to be big-time difference makers for you, for the most part. Uh, more than likely, a decent number of them will flop. 
and a couple of them will fill some holes and be bodies for you. That's the reality of it. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but I'm also not going to um, not gonna lie to you guys and be like, oh, man, they're finding all these gems who are going to be total studs. No, come on. Let's, let's be real. But they had their first uh, official visit weekend uh, following the dead period. Had, I believe, what, five official visitors in. Uh, LaDamian Webb, the junior college back, they, they, they've targeted him early. They knew they wanted him. They knew they needed the back because you don't know what's going on with Anthony Grant. You don't know if, if, uh, if LeBourne is going to be around and, and going to be uh, like on the field for you. I mean, you just at this point, you really can't trust him to, right? Like the injury thing, not his fault, but the other stuff, the suspensions and, and all that kind of stuff, uh, that certainly is. Uh, so getting a junior college back who I think is a guy who's capable of carrying the load at the college level. Maybe not a special player, but he's not bad. You know, you, you watch his highlights. He he runs fairly low. I think he can get through the hole for you. Uh, catching the ball, I I mean, I, I don't know how well he's going to do. We know that Norvell does throw to the backs quite a bit, uh, so I don't think they'd be recruiting a guy if they think he can't catch at all. Uh, but I think this is, a, this is a solid pickup and certainly a pickup at a position <laughs> of need. Uh Big time for you. So that, that's good. They, they're able to, to lock that down and get his commitment on the official visit weekend. Uh, didn't really beat out a whole lot of big-time schools for him, but you need the body, and that's that's where you are right now in the rebuilding process. Another kid that was uh, on campus is actually, what, the first individual to which uh, Norvell offered once he got uh, once he got to Florida State. Kid out of Metairie, uh, Donovan Kaufman, a little bit of an undersized safety, I guess, uh, 5'9", 195 pounds, 200 pounds, depending on where you look. Um, we'll certainly get to the, <laughs> to the changeup that occurred on staff today. Uh, not going to not discuss that. And, you know, to an extent, it may be something that we have a little bit of a trouble bringing you an update on this kid, being that his position coach uh, just left. But like we said, also a guy – who obviously Norvell has a relationship and was a priority. So uh, I don't know that you're out of the game with rushing leaving, but it certainly made the recruitment a little bit more complicated. Absolutely. Uh, so Kaufman is actually a player who I think, if I have to pick a guy out of this list who might end up out, outplaying his ranking, uh, it might be him. He's a dude who I think has to overcome his lack of size, right? And now he's starting to pick up a little bit bigger offers. Uh, like we know – like the, some of the like lower tier SEC schools have offered him, but some other schools have also started following him on Twitter and have taken interest that are a little bit better quality of school. Uh, and sometimes it just it just happens to be like that a guy who's not that big has to show you a little bit more. Uh, you know that hey he's he's a real player and he he has the ability to overcome his size in a way that other guys his size maybe don't. Um, I think the baseball right like Jose Altuve, who despite the whole sign-stealing thing, but like, realistically. <laughs> a loaded yeah, reference. Yeah. Uh, like he, it took a little longer for scouts to realize his talent. Or if you guys are really into baseball prospects, Nick Madrigal, who led Oregon State to multiple college world series and is like 5'5", five, five, right? Was not a major prospect coming out of high school because, like I said, he was like 5'5". Five, five. I mean, it took him going to college and showing everybody just how special he was. Or Honey Badger. To, to, you know, to mm-hmm. get back to a football yeah. reference, right? A guy who is not going to test amazing and who's not incredibly big. Now, Honey Badger was not like a zero-star recruit, but I do think Kaufman fits in that category of dude who is like, okay, 
Look, man, this guy's film is legitimate enough. He's shown it over two years. I, I think we can go ahead and offer him. He might be able to play at this level and, and play pretty well. So we'll see how that goes uh, with his other visits and uh, what, what happens without Coach Rushing, like we'll talk about. Uh, they had Corey Wren in on a visit. Corey Wren's a player I really like for them in, in this scheme. I'm not going to tell you he's a five-star or anything, but uh, he, he is legitimately like track fast and could help you in the return game could help you catching the ball out of the backfield, which is something that Norvell does like to do a lot. He, they throw the ball to the backs a whole lot. Uh, and that's, that's going to be an interesting recruitment to see uh, where he ends up going. I know some Texas schools are also after him. But he's been to Florida State at least one other time, of which I'm aware. So, like, that's – he's familiar with the program, and now he's also more familiar with the staff. And I, I think this is one that Florida State could really, uh, could really lock up, and, and that would be – that would be excellent for them. Uh, and then finally, we have Robert Scott. Robert Scott, the uh, Ole Miss offensive tackle pledge. Uh, I asked around here. I was told Florida State feels good about where they stand with him. Certainly, the depth chart is a selling point for Florida State here. I mean, if you are Robert Scott and you say, well, damn, uh, Christian Armstrong is no longer on the roster. Uh, mm-hmm. Chaz Neal has never shown he could play a lick. Um, who else do they have at tackle? And the coaches are like, your guess is as good as mine. Right. I mean, like, there's a legitimate chance you could come in and maybe not start as a true freshman, but you could start as a redshirt freshman, probably. Uh, Ole Miss commitment, if I'm uh, not mistaken, and I don't mean to interrupt you if you go in there, and I'll also throw in um, Sam Pittman in Arkansas. That's not, it's going to be, going to be an issue. I know Florida State's confident, uh, as they are with Wren as well, but uh, Scott, in my opinion, it's going to be a, a heck of a lot harder fight to uh, bring bring East on I-10 than, than maybe Wren might be. Exactly, man. I, I, this is this is going to be tough. You're going to have to win out on depth chart and prestige, right? Like Florida State is still legitimately a better program than Arkansas. Uh, you're going to have to overcome some geography there, and you just hope you win on relationship and program prestige, I think. Because certainly Pittman has an awesome reputation of turning offensive linemen and sending them to the NFL. And w- when your head coach – is a former offensive line coach and loves offensive linemen and, and that kind of thing. Uh, that certainly is something that, that can be, um, can be really, really beneficial for you in recruiting offensive linemen. Now I'll also note Kendall Browse is now the OC at Arkansas. Uh, how will that help Arkansas recruit against Florida state? We'll have to have to kind of wait and see on that one, but they, they feel good over there in Tallahassee about Scott. At, at least as far as leaving the visit. So it wouldn't shock me if they end up with him. And then one last kid I want to mention here on recruiting, and I'm I don't wanna I don't wanna just gloss over the recruiting stuff, but again, they are on a bunch of three star type kids right now. Which we so, knew they would be. I mean we're not yeah, just trying right. to pour water hole. You don't you don't get the job five weeks ago and start beating Clemson and, and uh you know Alabama for kids that they've been on for two years. You just this is what it is. It's a transition class and Transition classes when your program like Florida State mainly consists of three-star and maybe four-star kids with reasons as to why you might be able to get on them as late as you can. One hundred percent. I'm just saying, like, you know, how much time do we spend on, like, oh man, this this is an awesome three-star. Like, all these three mm-hmm. stars are underrated. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's just like that's just not us. You know what I mean? Like, if, if they're kicking ass on the recruiting trail, or if there's legitimate reason for concern, like if they're recruiting a bunch of three stars next year and the year after that that we're going to spend a hell of a lot of time talking about three stars, right? <laughs> but this is just filling out bodies, you know? And there's a reason these kids don't sign early. And typically, 
I, I think we're going to find out that you, you generally want the kids who sign early. Uh, but Dewan Edwards, the, the running back out of Georgia, who I like a whole heck of a lot. Um, a couple episodes I mentioned that the reason my Georgia guy told me that a lot of schools were not on him very hard was uh, the ability to qualify. And it looks as if he has uh, taken care of that somehow, or at least has presented it uh, in a way that makes it seem like he might be able to qualify. And so Florida State's going to bring him in on a visit, I believe, which is uh, which is good because he's he's a dude who I think is better than his rating, uh, to be sure. Um, a lot of people are like, "Hey, how's the process different?" And to be honest, I didn't drive up for five unofficial visit or excuse me, five official visitors, none of whom are like you know top three hundred kids. Uh, but I didn't hear any stories from high school coaches about it being disorganized, which I'll take as an encouraging sign, but yet I'll throw a little grain of salt on this. Uh, they had five kids on official visits, right? It's yeah. not like they had a real opportunity to be disorganized when you literally have enough coaches to have two full-time coaches per recruit you know, on campus. I mean, that you see where I'm going with this? Like, I'm not going to jump the gun and be like, oh, it's so incredibly organized. Although I, I do think with Norvell, it, it is. But I'm not going to declare that just yet because we haven't seen them in a situation like a Seminole Showcase or Friday Night Lights or uh, you know, a weekend where they have 30 official visitors or, or, or 20 plus a bunch of unofficial kids. The, the junior day is coming up, uh, including this coming weekend, will be a better indicator, in my opinion, of how they handle a large volume of kids. But I, I believe it's going to be more organized because I trust the people in that building. Uh, speaking of an organized process, Ingerman, you call 844-FSU-LOAN or you visit Resolution Home Loans or FSUHomeLoans.com, you're going to have an organized process. You're going to deal with Shannon Young. Shannon is the best mortgage guy in the business. I was actually talking to him today about Florida State stuff. Uh, he took care of my mortgage. That's why we're brought to you from the Resolution Home Loan Studios here in beautiful Orlando, Florida. And uh, look, it's, it's price, it's expertise, it's customer service, it's a person that you can trust will go to bat for you and do some things for you that... that I just don't think a traditional mortgage company would. And uh, give a call, 844-FSU-LOAN or FSUHomeLoans.com. All right, we'll get to the uh, point of the podcast that uh, <clears throat> it's uh, interesting, the feedback that we get from people. So uh, it's been a while that we since we've recorded. Uh, certainly want to mention uh, that Trey McKitty has left the program. This is a little bit of old news, so we won't spend a ton on it. Uh, really talented kid, physically ridiculously gifted. Um, unfortunately, when you think of some of his bigger moments, they involve dropping the ball. Uh, but also a kid who could go to a place like Georgia, get good coaching, uh, be with an individual that he had a real strong relationship with coming out of high school. And wouldn't shock me to see uh, a different level of buy-in from McKitty and for him to absolutely flourish in his time in Athens. But uh a talented guy who's going to play his uh, final year of eligibility, at least of graduate eligibility, out elsewhere. I, I do have some uh, some insider information on this, by the way. Uh, Florida thought they were going to get him. Mm. I, I I saw some of my Florida guys at the convention, and they were like, "We think we're going to get uh, we're going to get McKitty," and I was like, "You do? Okay." And I, I was this took me by surprise, um, mainly because it was pretty quickly after he announced that he was going to transfer. And I was like, why? We're like, well, you know, we've been talking to him and his people. I'm like, okay. Um, all right. And my thought was, well, 
I don't know where he's going, but if he's going to go somewhere in the SEC East, like Georgia needs a tight end. Georgia has a tremendous history of putting tight ends in the NFL. They actually throw to the tight end a lot. Florida already has Kyle Pitts, who is like maybe the best tight end in the SEC. Uh, and like you would at best be the number two tight end there. And like you mentioned, at Georgia, they have Todd Hartley, who I believe was Trey's recruiter at Miami. And he was extremely big fan of him, if I'm thinking about that relationship correctly, from back in the day. I mean, forgive me, it's been three or four years now. Uh, but he's now coaching at Georgia. So I, I thought if he was going to go to the SC East, it would probably be to Georgia. And ultimately, he does he does pop for Georgia. So if there's a silver lining for Knowles fans there, uh, and of course, a lot of them were pretty salty that, hey, like why would Trey McKinney leave? Tight end is a major position uh, that Norvell uses in his offense. And I'm thinking, well, he's he's got his degree. Like He probably wants to go play on a better team. Like Florida State is not going to win anything in 2020. They're not going to be in contention for – a, a t- national title or a, a conference title or even a division title because the best team in the country is in their division and maybe the best team with a bullet after after, after Travis Etienne decided to return to school. That was uh, a little bit surprising there. Yeah, good. Um, Interesting decision. Hmm. Yeah, but Marvin came back, so I guess we you know we can't do the do the side eye thing quite so hard on that. Uh, I mean, year. once, once they got, uh, all the defensive tackles, they got to come back a couple of years ago. Nothing, <laughs> nothing surprises me. They, they I, just know what they're doing. And I did my hat to them. Did they one up themselves with running back? It's like, Hey, we'll take, actually watch this. We're going to get the position with the shortest shelf life to come back. <laughs> We're going to get the position where it does make no sense, no sense at all. And he's going to come back. So yeah, good for him. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting to watch how social media responds, Bud. You'll see a kid uh, drop his name out there, and literally if he's ever put his hand in the dirt at any time since middle school, uh, Florida State fans wonder if maybe he could uh, transfer in and play offensive line for him. But uh, one kid at UCLA, Chris Murray, uh, we might want to attend uh, point our, our listeners to. Not uh, <clears throat> saying that this is a, a done deal by any means, but it may be one of the more legitimate uh, options that kind of floats out on the radar. So uh, we'll just spend a, a second discussing him. Yeah. Uh, so Chris Murray is the, I believe, the starting center for UCLA. Uh, he's a player I know that Florida State has kicked the tires on. I, I don't know if they're going to bring him in for a visit or not. Uh, but I, I talked to my UCLA source, and he said, no, we we like the kid a lot. And uh, um, I asked him why he was transferring, and I'm not going to like not going to reveal why he's transferring. I'll, I'll tell you after the show. Uh because it's of a personal nature, but it's not something that would, you know, make you not want to take him on your team. And UCLA would like to keep him if they could. So, uh, yeah, that's that's somebody that I know Florida State has at least looked into, and if they can make that fit, certainly that's a guy that I think could uh, could help them with their roster. Uh, but we'll have to see how uh, how that works out. And then there were two transfers who decided to go to Miami that kind of lit Twitter on fire tonight, at least based on, on our mentions. Um, and I started to respond to some folks on Twitter about why I thought maybe the kids made the decisions that they did. And I said, you know what, I'm, why am I doing this? I have a platform, it's called Nolcast, and we'll just discuss it on there with some nuance and context and not limited to 140 characters or 280 or whatever Twitter is now. So uh, Roche, the defensive end out of Temple, and then D.R. King, quarterback from Houston, uh, both elected to transfer uh, to Miami. Uh, and so people were like, hey, did Florida State pursue these guys? And 
all this stuff. Um, I know they looked into to Roche. I don't think they looked into King really at all, as, at least not to my knowledge. Um, so people are like, why, why would they pick Miami over, over Florida State? And I, I was like, well, let me see. Miami probably has a better roster, and they're kind of in win-now mode, and they have a cupcake schedule next year to where, like if you're Roche, you're going to be rushing the passer a whole heck of a lot more at Miami than you will at Florida State. Because I don't think Florida State's going to have the lead nearly as much as Miami will in its games, and you typically don't rush the passer a whole lot when opponents are running out the clock on you. Uh, but the other aspect here to me is Miami has produced extremely good numbers from their defensive ends under defensive coordinator and now head coach Manny Diaz, and they have also had success with transfers at that very position. So if you're a guy that wants to go to the big time and showcase your skills, uh, that is much more of a sure thing than Florida State at this time because like, I don't know what guy we can point to from Fuller's defenses, albeit they've improved a heck of a lot in both of his, his years as, as a D.C., like you can to at DS. And I'm pretty sure, did they lose Garvin off this team? So Miami has a legitimate spot open to take a, a defensive end. Uh, let me look here. I'm pretty sure he went pro. Uh, I get people's frustration. Yes. Yeah, he, yeah like, he did go pro. So they have an actual yeah. spot open. Florida State has two seniors. Now look, we may think, is Kando even going to be here? But Florida State has Robinson and Kendo. If I'm looking at a roster, you know, Florida State coaches may be able to say, hey, well, one of those guys isn't going to be here in theory. Oh, I don't know if they're actually going to say that or not to a kid. Mm-hmm. But it's really easy for me to, if I'm another school, to say, hey, they can say that, but if the kid ain't declared and if he's not transferred yet, they may be feeding you a load of bull. Like, are they really going to play you over two seniors who are coming back? They might be me take, trying to take you for depth. Here at Miami, we need you to come in and start. Right? Like we we don't have two seniors here who are coming back like Florida State does. To me, like if I had to make an objective choice here, if I was if I was Roche and I was presented with these two schools at this point in time, I'm picking Miami for my one final year. And I don't think it, it's it's a tough decision. Period. Now, if I had other options, I may not pick Miami. Right? But if it's just those two schools for that kid in that position, I know where I'm going. I think <clears throat> I think the Roche is the one that really kind of bothers people. The and, and King maybe to a certain extent only because you heard his name associated with Florida State two months ago or six weeks ago, um, when you had an idea that Browse may still be on staff. And uh I'm not knocking King, he's a hell of a player with some really impressive stats, but I I don't know that maybe the market was there for him as much as people thought it it was going to be. I, I'm not suggesting that Miami was his only option, and it wasn't. But I don't know that he was maybe quite the sought-after prospect that people thought he would be. I think you're right. Um, he is a guy who is – I don't think he's like an NFL passer, okay? And if he's trying to go somewhere who is going to prepare him to go to the league I – mean, this is a dude who was able to play receiver and play it well at Houston as, as well. Um, I don't think he's like the next Lamar Jackson. At all, just because his athleticism, in, in my opinion. Um, does he fit them with, with their new offensive coordinator? I think potentially, yeah. I mean, Rhett Lashley is an Auburn guy. Uh, he's a dude who, like, they run the quarterback. I. What will be interesting to me, and I'm not saying that I know this, but what happens if you have King 
doing sort of the, hey, I want to showcase my passing skills thing, and Miami being like, hey, I want to win games thing, so we're going to run the heck out of you. You know? Like, does that work? Is Is that become weird there? I... I know they need a quarterback. I mean, they. I was talking to some of their dudes, and they were like, "Yeah, man, like our kids would break curfew. They would like our. You can't have your fail. Like your quarterbacks repeatedly failing drug tests. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was pretty like obvious that they didn't have anybody. Uh, not only did they not have leaders, they had like active anti leaders in their quarterback room throughout. So they need like I think King will be an upgrade for them just from that perspective alone. But I don't know that he's an enormous upgrade. Depending on how they decide to use them, I mean, fit matters here quite a bit. Other info that we had uh, previously referenced and, and flat out uh, mentioned, but uh, not going to sugarcoat it. Quite an interesting piece of news that came down uh, the pipeline today, where you lose a coach. Uh, this has certainly happened to Florida State previously. Billy Napier immediately comes to mind. Uh, but you lose a coach who had been on campus for what all of a month, maybe less than a month. Uh, stings a little bit if. Uh, if something like this is in a place to bother you, uh, that it happens to be your former head coach and that uh, that institution. But it's an institution that's well known for throwing money at any kind of problem that it has. And looks like A&M might have missed on uh, first or second candidate. And uh, at this point in time, maybe not 100% confirmed, but all signs point to, uh, to Coach Rushing headed west to join the A&M staff. Uh, yeah, you could say that Florida State and Coach Rushing are now going through a divorce. Uh, and you know, if you're going through a divorce, we have a certified expert at divorce law at family law. That's Travis Johnson of the Metter and Johnson law firm. Travis is a legitimate expert, board certified, a decade of experience and has teaching experience. Divorce, alimony, issues, dividing property, disputes over child support or visitation, any of these type of things you want to modify a prior visitation. Maybe you got married and decided it's not such a great idea to be married like 21 days later, right? As we, we've we seen. Uh, give Travis a call, 850-435-9919. It's really important that you make the right choice the first time around in Family Law Matters. Travis is an excellent choice, 850-435-9919. Uh, for those listening at home, I did not plan to drop the ad read right there, but it just, I had to move it up. Uh, it was a brilliant audible. Brilliant audible. <laughs> other uh, other notes uh, of note here. Um, recruiting staff looks like it's coming into place a little bit. Uh, I think they'll probably announce some hires there. Uh, I, I think they'll have m- most of their hires there made uh, by signing day. And I'm also, uh, I've also been doing some research on staff sizes, right, and analyst size. And it does look like Florida State is going to have more analysts uh, than it used to. Although, I will note that uh, Mike Trier, the DB coach of Marshall, who had agreed to come as an analyst, uh, it looks like it's no he will no longer be coming as an analyst uh, because he got a better uh, full-time uh, coaching gig somewhere else. So, that's disappointing, of course. He was Coach Fuller's guy uh, from his time at Marshall, but a can hardly begrudge the guy if he gets a, you know, a better offer that also involves him being a, a, a full-time on-field coach. But I, I think Florida State is going to have probably six or seven uh, off-field like analysts. That doesn't include quality control guys. Uh, and just for comparison purposes, 
I think Georgia has like 20 based on what I was asking around. Um, and LSU, there was an article in The Advocate saying that they had 16. So if you want to know, like, hey, is Florida State committed to, to competing at the highest level from that perspective? The answer is no. But it is stepping up somewhat, right? Um, I also think that their overall strength staff is probably better than what it was before. Like, if you want a reason to believe, like, hey, why will this strength program be better than the last strength program? Because everybody, all these kids give all these quotes. You know, oh, man, it's so much tougher than before. And and I'm like, man, no, the, the answer is really the buy-in. Like, it's, are you buying in? I mean, you can get a Bowflex, and it's awesome. You can go to the gym, and it's awesome. The, the real thing is, like, do you do it? Do you have a plan that makes sense? Are you committed to the plan? Do you stick with it? Do you... Do you also supplement it with eating right and sleeping correctly? Okay. Like, all those things matter. I, I do think that the personal attention these guys are getting from the strength staff is is good, uh, for sure. So the, the early returns on that so far have been good. I don't think he's going to turn everybody into the Incredible Hulk, uh, but uh, I don't think there's any sort of reason for concern there at this time. Um, and and I, I'm, I think I'm of the belief, man, that this staff overall is going to be better than the last staff was. I know it's not fully complete yet, but I'm I'm trending that way pretty confidently. Yeah, a lot of positive pieces to uh, to look and be excited about uh, as far as what they've been able to bring on. Uh, Bud, the plan is for us to record two podcasts this week. Uh, it's been a while since we've been able to record. Uh, we are going to spend a, a decent amount of time talking about the basketball team in the next podcast. Uh, don't want to miss what is shaping up to be a, a really kind of special season. Uh, we talked last time after they beat Louisville 78-65 to 65 on the road uh, that had a real chance of winning the regular season title in the ACC, which would be a hell of a thing for Florida State basketball to do. Um, since then, you've gotten a, a nice win on the road at Wake, uh, got a, a nice close win at home over UVA, and grounded out a, a win over Miami over the weekend. Um, look, <laughs> it is the Camelot period of Florida State basketball. I mean, enjoy every game. Enjoy every result. Enjoy this run with Leonard Hamilton, uh, because this is not necessarily like your place in life when it comes to college basketball, but my Lord has it all come together. And the stats that are associated with Florida State basketball as far as, you know, uh, what, 18 or last 20 or – uh, 58 of your last 61 at home or whatever it is. I mean, man, that's for Florida state basketball. That's something that happens in a, in the, the sixth or seventh year when you're playing dynasty mode of a video game or something like that, much less an underfunded program, uh, like Florida state compared to its peers. It's just incredible. And, uh, it doesn't appear to be going anywhere anytime soon. And like I said, we'll have another podcast this week where we'll spend a lot more time, talking about the basketball program, what uh, it looks like this year. Uh, I don't want to just immediately go to March as it's so easy to do in basketball. Um, and a team that has a number five next to their name when it comes to national ranking. It's just absolutely insane uh, what the program is doing and where it is right now. They're so good, man. They're, they, they really are. Uh, not to jump back to football, Although I, I'm really excited about this hoops team. This is this is pretty sweet. Something pretty smart, Coach Marvell and those guys are doing. Um, I know they're having uh, 
on March 10th, March 24th, March 31st, April 7th, and April 14th, they're having a high school coach social night to where, like, after spring practice, they invite the high school coaches up. They watch ball inside inside the facility. Uh, they basically go over anything you want to learn about, like, coaching at the college level, talk scheme, talk whatever, hang out, basically just make themselves available. Uh, however, tonight, uh, from 7 to 9 at the uh, Boca Marriott, uh, down there in South Florida, which is, I believe, is that committee controlled? You think, or is that? Is that I guess a little north. It I don't think the Dade committee County. has just, control over Boca. Uh-uh, just, no. just Broward and Palm Beach. Yeah, uh, it says no, no Dade. Uh, but this is something that I believe Coach Norvell and his staff are going to be doing a little bit, maybe throughout the state. Especially smart to do it in South Florida because the the meeting in Daytona was uh, probably a little more attended by some of the, the North Florida coaches. Uh, but they had a, a high school staff meet and greet event. Said hey. Just come out and say what's up to us. So we want to show you who we are, um, and we're going to explain to you who's going to be recruiting. You know your region. Um, now TJ Rushing is still in this photo, so like obviously that got put out last night, and he was gone today uh, unofficially. But uh, the defensive coordinator for Deerfield actually tweeted uh, about midway through our podcast. Uh, hey, thanks, Coach Norvell and the FSU staff for the great event. This is how you develop relationships with local high school coaches, FSU fans. Your team is in good hands. Hashtag uh, Class X. So Deerfield, if you all don't know, is a really, really big program, uh, state championship caliber program. Um, so um, it's good to see you there for sure. And, and it looks like the event was was pretty well attended. And uh, I don't think there's any downside to doing that, right? Um now, maybe you don't do that every year. Once you get entrenched, I'm sure the coaches are probably not super jazzed about you know having to do the recruiting weekend and then go down and recruit all day, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know we got to spend all, all night at an event too and probably several other ones. But this is kind of one of those things that I think can help you in your first year recruiting the state uh, at Florida State, especially if some of these dudes are not from Florida. So we had asked, you know, how do you combat that not all these guys have experience recruiting the state of Florida? This looks to be one of those ways. That is uh, good information. Glad that you happened to catch that here as we're wrapping up the show. Uh, like I said, we'll have another show later on in the week, a little more expansive conversation about basketball uh, with some other notes that we weren't able to get to tonight's show. But I uh, want to thank our sponsors as always. want to thank you, the listener, uh, for all the support we've received since day one of the Nolcast. If you feel so inclined to giving us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever other service, uh, that you use as your preferred podcast provider. It is very much appreciated. And for myself, Bud, and uh, the music of Judson Wright, once he reappears, we will thank you for the listen and look forward to talking to you later in the week.